0: Hello Masterplan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is a pleasure to have you all out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the E-commerce Masterplan. I'm an author, speaker, and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. Now, if you've got an e-commerce problem you'd like my help solving, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com and click on Work with Chloe. There you'll find a link to a form to fill in and I aim to get back to you within one working day. You can join the chat about everything we have been talking about today and anything else e-commerce in the E-Commerce Masterplan World Facebook group that you will find at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Now, there's a marketing topic that I know intrigues a lot of you, but that most of you are struggling to work out just where to start. And that's influencer marketing, getting influential people to talk about your business, leading to their followers buying your products. Where do you start? How quickly could it deliver? Is it all too good to be true? How much budget do you need? These are all good questions that I hear regularly. Well, today I have a real live influencer on the show to tell us more about this world of influencer marketing. So let me introduce you to today's guest. Alexandra Jimenez is an influencer. She is editor-in-chief at Travel Fashion Girl, where they teach women how to travel carry-on only for any destination in the world. Travel Fashion Girl is the second highest trafficked travel blog, and they've been around for six years. Hello, Alex.
1: Hi, Chloe. Thank you for having me on today.
0: Oh, it's great to have you on, kind of spilling the beans from the other side of the, of the influencer divide, I suppose. Um, now, I've given our, our listeners a very quick overview of you and your business, but how did you get into influencer marketing?
1: Well, I kind of stumbled upon it while I was traveling. Um, I'd been traveling full-time for three to four years, and I was tired of carrying a big bag as I traveled around the world. I saw male backpackers traveling with one small bag, and I wanted to figure out how, pack, how to pack as light as them, because it really just seemed that they were so free to just get up and go. Um, I looked online, and I didn't find any information as it related to female travelers. So I the things that I would find were packing lists that appear to be geared towards male travelers, indicating that one should pack three pairs of underwear, one pair of convertible pants, and three quick dry tees, which is great when you're going to go camping, but <laughs> not for a girl that, you know, like me, who used to work in the fashion industry and wanted to be a bit more. Um, have a bit more of my personal style showing around as I traveled around the world. So I followed these tips and quickly found out that they didn't work for me, especially in places like Auckland or Sydney where I just stood out like a sore thumb and I wanted to be practical but I wanted to look good and feel good too and since I couldn't find a solution available I started researching possible options and I interviewed girls at hostels to learn their own packing struggles and solutions as I traveled so I spent a year doing this before launching Travel Fashion Girl where I reported my findings so I could help other female travelers avoid my own mistakes and feel better prepared for their travels and now here we are.
0: Very cool well look Alex you're obviously someone who's who's been involved with a lot of influencer marketing activity over the years to grow your own business. And you kind of have, you know, by flipping it this on its head and speaking to someone who is an influencer, who is the sort of person which many of the businesses listening would want to get in contact with, I've got quite a few questions for you. So let's start off with a big old broad one, which is what do merchants need to know about this before they get started?
1: To be honest with you, one of the underlying things, um, themes that I find when I'm working with companies, whether it's a press agency or a startup clothing company, as an example, is that they don't know how to work with influencers, they don't know how to maximize their value, and they don't also understand that they're running a business. So the very first thing I'd suggest is to keep in mind that when you're reaching out to an influencer, that they are running a business, they're spending time, and they've spent a lot of hours creating the audience that you want to tap into. So really to acknowledge and be aware of that, they, they've they spent a lot of time to build that audience. And in working with them, they're actually going to help you save time because you don't have to build your own audience. For example, when I first launched my own blog, I spent 20 to 24 hours a day nonstop for three months, not sleeping, working to build my blog and this wasn't the best thing to do. And I'm not saying everybody does, but I was able to build my audience of 35,000 monthly readers within six months because I was I worked really hard. And I know a lot of bloggers do work hard. So please keep in mind that we do also spend, invest a lot of time. So when you're doing that, you want to reach out to people and be aware that they don't owe you a favor by featuring your, your your product. But you can establish a relationship with them and figure out how you can mutually benefit how you can both work together in a way that's organic and really makes sense for their audience because just because i might have my my blog might have a lot of traffic doesn't mean that i'm the right blog for you to to work with it really makes sense for you to understand the blogger understand their audience get to know them because when you can invest in the right blogger it could be a big one or a small one but that perfect connection taking the time to do so that will be more valuable than just trying to spend your money or invest to reach out to a million bloggers all you need is a few of the right ones it's worth investing your time from the very beginning
0: so what would what should the first approach be then from a merchant should it be you know it's cold sending some product in the post and hoping someone promotes it or should it be more of a hello we love what you do can we have a chat
1: hello we love what we do if it, if you actually do And, you know, the first thing that I, when I get my emails, I get hundreds of of emails and I delete most of them because they just say, hi, we want to give you this. You, I want you to do this for us, get in contact with us. What does that mean? They haven't even taken the time to find out my name. They haven't even taken the time to acknowledge what I do or why they want to work with me. So it's just essentially, it's like you going up to a stranger on the street and saying, hey, I want you to do me this favor. You haven't even introduced yourself. You haven't said hi. You haven't told me why why I should do this favor or why I'm relevant to you. You're building a relationship just as you wouldn't do that to somebody else. Then you should also keep that in mind. So it would be great. Hi, Alex. I t- wanted to reach out to you because I love Travel Fashion Girl for these reasons, one, two, and three. List them out why. This is my product. And I just wanted to let you know that I've just launched it. I'd love if you gave me some feedback on this product. Let me know what you think. Check out my website. And if you think it's something that would be the right fit for your audience, then it'd be great to learn more about how to work with you. Um, so that would, it's a great starting off point. You don't meet someone and just start asking them to do things for you. You build a relationship with them first.
0: Got it. Okay, so so there's there's plenty of research involved before that first email gets sent off on behalf of the merchant. You got to you got to have read the blog. You've got to have seen what's happening on Twitter, on Instagram, YouTube, etc. So you can start to have some kind of a, a connection.
1: A hundred percent. And you know, and I see this mistake not just with people that are just starting out with with one, you know, with small business owners, P- agencies that are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to work with influencers are making this mistake. And the mistake is one, not getting to understand that blogger, and two, sending out product to just random people. I mean, I got nail polish in the mail and hair and shampoo. And these people are spending thousands of dollars to invest in their marketing dollars. It's important for them to go to the right influencers. I write about travel, not about food, that olive oil was wasted on me. Shampoo, well, great if you're sending me shampoo, but it should be relevant to travel. Um, Same with nail polish. Why does this benefit? Why does this benefit my travel audience? Why does it benefit travelers? Give us some feedback. It should um, it should make sense.
0: Yeah, it's so like it, if if it's a a new travel size, of a brand that's never done travel size before, then maybe that's a useful shampoo item. But if they're sending you five hundred mil, well, really, <laughs> really,
1: you know, and not really giving me a reason. You know, another thing that really helps is these are the reasons why we that we think your pro, your audience would love would would f- would feel passionate about us remember when you're talking to someone it's not it's not a one-way street you build a relationship and you don't just start asking you don't go up to even your friends or your family members and all, you don't just ask them for favors you, you it's a, it's a two-way conversation what we can do for you and always remember you offer you offering an influencer to to share they the their blog on your social channels is probably not going to be the same because unless you have a hundred thousand social media followers and they also have a hundred thousand social media followers, that's not quite the, a fair exchange. So really think about how think about your angle, your story, your pitch, and what makes sense. You don't always have to pay influencers. Some things happen organically, but again, take the time if you take the time to research, acknowledge who we are, acknowledge our efforts, understand the time that we spend. I mean, I spend on one blog post anywhere from two to five days, full days, eight to 12 hours a day working on one thing. So understand that it takes a lot of our time too.
0: And you mentioned that, because I know this will have pricked up some of the ears of those listening, that, you know, not all of it gets paid for, but let's those listening don't think you can now go and do a free influencer campaign because I think that's that's rude, quite frankly. Um, but it's what sort of ways do influencers get rewarded and appreciate being rewarded? Just just to, you know, obviously our listeners are gonna go out and they're gonna ask the question, how can we work with you rather than saying we wanna do this? But what sort of things should they be ready to be able to give and to support their chosen influencers with?
1: I would would start by asking for the influencers rate sheet right off the bat, because that person's prices, whether they're new or they're established, that person's prices may be more affordable than you think. Likewise, you might be approaching someone that's a little bit more out of your price range. So what I'd suggest to everybody is to have a marketing budget for this. This is marketing. And that's one of the biggest surprises for me is that people don't understand don't realize that you yeah. need to have a marketing budget when you launch a new product or when you have a product. So let's say you have $5,000 and this is what this is how I would plan my influencer campaign and this is actually how I'm planning to distribute my own influencer campaigns in the future is if you have $5,000 to work with bloggers Choose a, a range of bloggers. For example, choose one top-tier blogger. Reach out to them first. Find out how much it would be to run a campaign with them. Let's say that's a thousand dollars. Now, the next thing would be then to choose three mid-tier bloggers, find out how much they cost. And usually another tier, depending on what I'm saying by top tier and mid-tier is depending on their readership. For example, someone with a million followers might charge ten thousand dollars for a campaign whereas someone with fifty thousand followers might charge a hundred so this is really where you want to then i choose three to five mid-tier bloggers let's say they were three to five hundred dollars each for a campaign then i'd have fifteen hundred left then to distribute maybe on smaller bloggers um That are more in the $100 to $300 price point. So that's how I would distribute, for example, a $5,000 marketing budget. If you don't have that, that's that's completely fine. In that case, I would look for more niche influencers, people that might have smaller audiences, but that actually have a very engaged following. And then with them, start right, start the discussion. They might even be willing to accept free product. But if you want to send free, if you, if you're interested in sending free product and maybe even working with someone for free, my most recommended technique is by just sending them an email. And saying, "Hey, I've got this brand new product. I, I think your audience is going to love for these and these reasons. Do you mind if I check if I send this to you and get um, to hear your feedback? I'd love to know what you think." Now, this is this is a, my this is one of my favorite approaches to work with influ- influencers at a possibly free rate because you're not asking them to do anything for you. You're you're just saying, "Hey, I'd love to send this for you, um, and if in, and I'd love to hear your feedback." And this is where it's a risk. And that's, you know, I I would personally still do that because some influencers will promote it. To be honest with you, I may have a large audience, but I still prefer people to just send me something that makes sense. And I only accept things that make perfect sense. And I rather promote something personally that I fully believe in without charging, without having a brand expect things from me versus someone that says, I'll give you this and I want you to do a million things for me. And I know that's a lot of information all in one go. I just really want to give you guys as much um, info as I can on this podcast.
0: I know, we love it and we're appreciating it. And you mentioned in there about um, the micro-influencers, the niche influencers. Um, there can be a huge amount of opportunity there, can't there? If, you're, if your brand's a good fit and it's a niche micro-influencer with a really targeted audience, that can work better than a than a huge influencer.
1: Yeah, so let me give you the perfect example of this. When I when my blog was 2 months old, um I had I hardly had a I, I hardly I didn't have a huge following, but I had a small but strong engaged following in a clothing brand offered to send me um, some of their clothing for me to check out. Now, this was something that made perfect sense, 100%. I was traveling at the time. They shipped it out to me to Thailand. Didn't ask me to pay for shipping, as some brands have. Again, remember, I'm not asking you for something. You want me to do something for you. Um, And they sent it to me. Now, six years later, I'm still working with this brand. They never paid me. To actually promote them we now have an, um, an affiliate referral commission program but because of that in the very beginning when I was just two months old but it made perfect sense I was very niche I spoke about specifically travel fashion and packing then there they now six years later have gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales. Because they took that chance on me, and that again, it has to be someone that's the perfect sense. That that just it makes perfect sense.
0: And you said um, we've, we've, we've actually sorry, we've talked quite a lot here about different ways of approaching and different ways of starting that relationship. I guess once you've got a relationship up and running, what sort of things is it useful for the advertiser for the merchant to provide to an influencer? I'm thinking imagery product um copy what sort of things make the influencer's life easier everything
1: everything <laughs> that you just said give as much information don't tell them i want you to say this is and this but send here as if you were going to send a press release for example now press releases may not may not be as relevant now but when with in this case it would be here's some information about our product tell us about it where can people buy it why is this important we know In you telling us why this is relevant to our audience, you're helping us understand more and craft a story, give us talking points, but give it to us without expecting us to feature them. Just think about it as um, just send information without expecting, without saying you need to include this wording because that's also against some... Um, regulations as well send imagery here's you can also find here a link to our professional photography if you'd like to use it right off the bat give as much information as possible that way the influencer has everything they need and then the biggest thing everyone please big marketing campaigns press campaigns everything small startups nobody does this When an influencer features your product, share it on social media, put it on your blog post, reshare. It doesn't make sense to invest money in an influencer campaign if you're not going to share that with your audience. So please make sure that you've crossed your T's and dotted your I's from beginning to end um, with the influencer.
0: I love, I love how passionate you were about that last one. It's like, what, seriously, people are getting you to create stuff and then they're not using it to make their social media busier? I, the mind boggles at the, at the, the crazy of that. Um, and then I guess, you know, we're talking about content. So do, you, do brands ever want to proof your work before it goes live? Would you ever allow that to happen or is that kind of a norm? They do to a certain,
1: sometimes they do to a certain extent. Not everybody does. And again, if you're, this also goes, what are you asking them to do and how much are you paying them to do? You know, if you're sending someone a handbag that's value, retail valued at $10 and expecting them to work 48 to 72 hours for you for free for a $10 handbag, you know, I would just say, here's a free handbag. Let me know what you think. Thanks. So think about also value versus what you're asking. Now, if you've got a relationship, you guys have built a proper marketing campaign, blog posts and social media shares, and you have that all completely um, settled um, and written down. And Chloe, forgive me because I've just lost my train of thought. What was the question?
0: That's okay. (laughs) The question was, um, is it okay for brands to ask to proof?
1: And in some cases, um, some brands will say, can you please send me the blog post before you publish it just so we can have a look? And sometimes they offer editing or they say, oh, this is um, you missed. This fact is incorrect. It's actually this. So if you are going to say that, just ask if they allow it in advance and if it's possible to do that so you can fact check. And when you do, you obviously aren't asked doing this for the reason to say to tell them no, you can't say this about us. It has to be an honest and genuine review, or their feedback, and it has to be in their voice. Another mistake that people make: you have to trust that they know how to talk to their audience and they know what what information their audience is most interested in learning about. But you know, ask them if, if they can if you can check it for the reason to fact check and proofread and that kind of
0: thing. Got you. Okay. Um, any single last number one, top piece of advice for anyone who's thinking of running their first influencer marketing campaign that we haven't yet mentioned?
1: Ooh, I think I'm, I'm trying, like, oh, it's, it's really just repetitive. And Chloe, the reason why I'm saying this is because it just shocks me, shocks me, uh, you know, that whether you're, whether you're a major brand, with huge marketing dollars, or you're someone, someone that's just starting out. These very basic things people aren't doing: one, research; two, acknowledging people by their name for God's sake in an email; <laughs> um, two, knowing that they're running a business; two, they don't owe you anything; they aren't benefiting by getting your product. You know, if they're not asking you for their product, then why should they do anything for you? Remember that you are asking them to share your information, not the other way around um also don't put all your eggs in one basket i can't i've recently had one major campaign that i that i with a company and they had a large budget they were going to get 5 influencers at the end they only they said okay no we're going to just stick with you and we're going to use that budget on just you and while that while monetarily great that's fantastic that i could make this income it didn't I actually felt really uncomfortable with that because they were putting a lot of pressure on me. And if my website didn't give the their client the results that was I was going to feel horrible about that. So, in the future if someone ever does that to me again, I'm going to tell them no, you must distribute this across different bloggers because I ultimately I want to make sure that your client or you are making you're getting the most success possible. I'm not here to try to take your money and run. I'm here to provide a good experience for you and try to make them try to help you promote your brand in an organic way and for you to have success. And I want my audience to promote a product to my audience that they're going to love in a way that they're going to love it. So 100%, make sure it's relevant. Make sure you understand. You don't need to send things to 100 bloggers. You don't need to send 100 random emails to just any blogger. Make sure that it makes sense. Spending a day in in your due diligence will save you a lot of money in the future. And again, back to sending free products. This is possible and people are afraid to do this. One company sent me a pair of shoes a few years back in summer of 2014, and I'm still writing about it for free now, not because they asked me to, because they didn't, but because I loved the shoes and they ended up making so much sense for my audience. And I love that because I wasn't paid to do that. I would, I just got a chance to sample a product. And because it worked for me, I wanted to tell my audience about it. It doesn't matter to me if they paid me or not. And I can feel confident in the fact that I'm sharing something that I truly believe in with my audience And that's really important. It has to be authentic and genuine as much as possible.
0: Okay, fantastic advice there, Alex. Thank you. We're going to go into the top tips round now to give our listeners some really quick ideas for taking their businesses to the next level. So Alex, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Traction, 100% traction. Oh, it's a classic, that one. I will back you up on that recommendation. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? SEO. Oh, SEO. You, you have to say that as a blogger. Love it. Okay, um, tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool that you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I'll give you two, Slack and Co-Schedule. You know, I think I'm going to have to ban people from mentioning Slack because it's just like <laughs> omnipresent these days. Um, okay, growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them?
1: I would say to choose one platform, a single platform, whether it's a blog, an Instagram account, a Facebook group, etc., and focus on only on that one platform where you can provide a value to your customers as related to your product. Think about you being the micro influencer. But instead of just promoting your products and giving it only marketing, trying to, you know, just sell them, sell them, sell, them, sell them. Think about what you can offer to provide them value. Why should they follow you? The more value you can offer them as it relates to your products, the better. How-to videos that feature your products, how-to blog posts or just um, Instagram posts about how to use your um, product as relevant um, in different scenarios and lifestyle scenarios. Try to think about yourself as a micro-influencer and how you can do that.
0: Great advice there. Okay, Masterplan World. You can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast where you will see a link to this show. Now, Alex, before we say goodbye, could you let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please?
1: You can find Travel Fashion Girl on com, Also on Instagram, Pinterest, um, face, Pinterest, Pin- yeah, Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Facebook all just travel fashion girl
0: okay cool and I believe you you kind of alluded to it earlier but you've also just launched your own range of travel products and you're now an e-commerce person yourself so do you want to tell us a little bit about that and where we can find that
1: Yes, I actually just launched my own range of um, travel products called Compass Rose. They are now being sold on Amazon. And obviously, I'm promoting them on my blog. And I will be using the influencer tips that I've shared with you today, in order to promote my own products. And I'm also throwing in some traditional marketing as well. We recently sponsored or co-sponsored a travel blog um conference that took place in Canada a couple of months ago to launch one of the products in there so that was very successful and it was very niche so I can also say don't forget about traditional marketing to complement your online
0: marketing as well okay excellent and we can find Compass Rose on Amazon and on um your main website as well
1: Yes, you can also visit compassrosetravelaccessories.com. I believe that's a URL, it's still so new. Yeah, <laughs> compassrosetravelaccessories.com to learn more about our products.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, I'll add links to that and all of everything else we talked about in the show notes. Plan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just head to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Alex, thank you so much for being on the ecommerce masterplan podcast today. You've been really generous giving us some tips and tricks to improve our influencer marketing. So I highly appreciate it. You've been a star.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Chloe. And I wish everybody the best of luck with their influencer marketing campaigns.
0: Wow, so many little bits and pieces there from Alex. I thought that was awesome. I guess the key thing to bear in mind there is, you know, you've got to have some budget to do this. You can't just expect people to feature you for free. But if you find the right niche person, you can get a lot of coverage for very little Outgoing initially. Um, also, you don't need a huge budget to get started there. Um, Alex was talking about a five thousand dollar budget in order to get three different levels and do a really solid test actually across various um, various different blogs. And bear in mind, you know, with that five thousand budget, you were probably going to get one, two, three, four. Um, 10 plus people to build a relationship and to be doing it with. Now that's quite a lot of time and effort. It's quite a lot of research that goes in the beginning to make sure you're speaking to the right people. So I guess less is more and um, don't put all your eggs in one basket would be the two big lessons for planning out your strategy um, within that. And identify those blogs, build those relationships and let me know how you get on. Um, what did you think of the interview? Please do join in the discussion in our Facebook group, ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Uh, and please, if you're not yet, yet a member, make sure you answer the questions or I'm not letting you in because that's one of the ways we keep the group spam free. Have a great week and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the ecommerce Plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.